everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this show to help you get a leg up in this crazy thing called life. You know, most of us didn't come with a manual. We just didn't have this book that we could read to figure out all of our little idiosyncrasies. Today, friends, we are going to go even deeper. Are you a person that seems to delay or put off anything you can? Do you tend to procrastinate? Do you tend to not do what needs to be done when it needs to be done? But you wait. I kind of like to wait myself. I am a procrastinator. Um, I wait until it's like totally banging down the door saying, Hey, you going to do something here, pal? And so on the show today, we are going to take on the topic of procrastination, give you some tools, some do's, some don'ts. We're bringing on the expert. T- Dr. Timothy Pitchell is going to be talking to us about it. He's an expert in procrastinating. It seems like, I feel like I'm an expert in procrastinating. Maybe he's an expert in not procrastinating. I guess that's probably better. Is that right, Sean? Um, I don't know. I haven't looked it up yet. Because I procrastinate. So, oh, yeah, you've been yeah, That's going to be the running joke through this whole show. I, I was going to look at that, but yeah. um, <laughs> it's so sad. But you know what's funny is that's actually not a joke because that's just how our show works. True. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, we'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow. See, the neat thing about procrastinating is tomorrow's a great day. Right, Mike? Yeah, I think so. It's... You know, why Why do it today when you could do it tomorrow? Why do today what you could easily do tomorrow? I don't know. That's a great question. So that's why we do it, I right? I got it. What if you die tonight? That's a great what if. Then I guess maybe you didn't need to do it. <laughs> what if what you needed to do was to exercise? That's something you can't put off. Well, until you're dead. Yeah. Or until you can't exercise. Then, by the way, procrastination has killed you. There's a great line in one of the James Bonds. One of the guys doesn't sleep, and he says, "I can sleep when I'm dead." You know. Oh, he, really? Yeah, and I think, oh, that. You Did know, he I finally always, die in the movie? Did he? Yeah, he, gets he, does, and he yes. does. And then is there a joke like? Yeah, James Bond. He's sleeping with the fishes. I don't. Yeah, I have James no Bond idea. has some one-liner that he does. He's sleeping with the fishes. Hey, um, are you guys procrastinators? Oh yes. Are you Sean? You oh, yeah. are. I was uh, all through college. Yeah. I was the guy that was up at 2 2 a.m. still writing the paper that was due that day. Yeah, me too. See, Maddie, little smarty patarty Maddie, she just thinks she's, ugh, she's so smart. (laughs) But she's not a procrastinator. We're going to hear from her. I know, it makes me sick. I know. I hate people that don't procrastinate. They Mm -hmm. make you look so bad. I know. She, like, thinks about her papers. We might have to fire her. But we can't fire her because she's the only one that turns things in on time. She's also the only woman on the show. She's the woman. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's not even use the word only. She's the woman on the show. Well, yeah. we have questions. Yeah. <laughs> what? Never mind. <laughs> hey, um, I, I, and the, I know Pitchell, Dr. Pitchell is going to blow this out of the water. But he is, yes. I, I feel like um, procrastinating kind of helps me do things my way. 
But does it help you do it better? Well, I think what it does, I think what I need is I just need chemistry. You need that feeling of pressure yeah. on you. And I, I actually, except here's the deal. I have pressure on me. Right. <laughs> it's funny. I, this show should create pressure for me. Mm-hmm. But for me, this is where I relax. You guys know. I take mm-hmm. my shoes off. Put your feet on the right. table. Put my feet up. We're hoping we, somebody will rub it. We have the deodorizer out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, nobody touches them. <laughs> but here I relax. But I've had a, a, an article I'm writing in a book, basically. Right. And I've been writing it for... But it was, wasn't due at the end of last month? Uh-huh. It was, due, it was actually due last Friday. Mm. And uh, here it's Monday. And I'm Oops. almost done. <laughs> but Almost, so, but that, again, there's an example. But I didn't really procrastinate it. I just, I didn't, I didn't procrastinate. You're just taking it. your sweet time. Well, they just had a deadline that I didn't set, right? So if I set oh. the deadline, I would have hit the deal. Do you really think though mm-hmm. that though? If yeah. you, you set it yourself. Mm-hmm. If I set a deadline, I know it's something I can hit. I'll get it done when I'm dead. Mm-hmm. But, and and I really will. I because but I in my own deadline, I would actually, you know, add some time for me to procrastinate. Here's a question, though. If your wife asks you to do something, do you procrastinate that? Well, it depends what it is. If it's anything horrible, ugly, smelly, or gross, sure. Take the garbage out? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you see, take the garbage out. You're like me. You Mm -hmm. got kids. Yeah. Yeah. Why did I have five boys? Well, I have girls. I still make them take the garbage out. Why did you have four girls? Yeah, I I do procrastinate things I don't like. I'm sure we'll get into that. Do do you feel like you do better work when you procrastinate, though? Because I've talked to people, and they've said... When I have uh, kind of a, a shorter deadline, then I work harder. Uh, I don't work harder, but what I actually do feel is it injects a chemistry, it injects a tension, mm-hmm. like a U stress, a healthy stress. I think that actually makes me perform. It's kind of like when I'm I'm about to do something. I'm different right before the mic goes on versus when the mic's on. When the mic's on, my brain seems to like okay, it's party time. <laughs> Let's wake up, go. everybody, mm-hmm. and my neurons fire. So I wonder if I use it. Now, it, it actually I don't know if it creates better work. It just actually makes the work more palatable, you know? Yeah. But what I do, here's one more thing I got to just say before, because I really want to hear what Maddie taught us. Mm-hmm. I, um, I actually feel like sometimes... Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> cool. Let's hear what Maddie has well, to say. Well, you can procrastinate let's, let's go and to talk Maddie, about it after Because all the time I think we got to get to Maddie's thing. Maddie is the queen of non-procrastination. Mm-hmm. She does a paper the minute it's assigned. See, oh, that was what I was going to say. I think about things the entire time. So I don't think I'm actually procrastinating. Like, if I know I have something due, I will think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. My wife will say, have you written it? Have you done it? Have you done it? I won't do it. And then I will do it last minute. But I thought about it a long time. Maddie, on the other hand, I think will actually immediately write it. She'll get it immediately done. And I, that's how we're different. So let's listen to Maddie and how a non-procrastinator deals with the rest of us. It's really hard for me to procrastinate. Like, really hard. I'm recording this piece days before it's actually supposed to air, just so I don't have to worry about it anymore. Sometimes I'll try to make myself relax before plowing through all my homework but it doesn't really work out. For some reason, when I have a to-do list, I can't relax until everything on the list is checked off. It's just the way I am. I think I've been an anti-procrastinator since birth. I'm that girl in classes that writes the papers the day after it's assigned. Whenever the teachers say, you should have started your paper by now, I'm on my second draft. 
I think it's about doing my very best and not being stressed at the last second. Now don't get me wrong, I can also thrive on adrenaline. Something needs to be done this second, I can do it. But I think I'd much rather find out a week in advance and have it perfected well before the due date. My inability to procrastinate does have some issues though. I'm usually stressed about something long before I need to be, and that tends to make me stress a little bit more than necessary. Okay, a lot more than necessary. I don't procrastinate anything, even things that I maybe should. If someone is bothered with me, I'd rather duke it out right then instead of waiting for everyone to cool down. If I've heard a rumor, I'd like to know as soon as possible if it's true, what the real story is, and how the problem can be fixed. In relationships, I'm also a bit doomed. If something is in the first stages of maybe, possibly, potentially happening, I want to know where it's headed. Right now. Which can be a major scare for some guys. It's just part of my efficient, anti-procrastinating self that wants to know if I need to spend any more time with the relationship, or if it's doomed and not worth any more energy. In some ways, it's really hard to be an anti-procrastinator. I've had to train myself to sit back and enjoy some things. And it's easy for me to get overwhelmed with all of the things I need to do. So, I've found a couple ways that I can make myself procrastinate the things that aren't as necessary for the moment. Reading is always a great distraction for me. I can read any book for pleasure at any time, and it's a great way to make myself relax and put off what needs to be done or what actually can wait. Taking a walk. I love being out in the middle of nowhere, walking by houses, trees, families. It's really fun and really good for me to clear my head going shopping. Now, some people might say this isn't a good way to make myself procrastinate, but I would beg to differ. I don't always have to buy something. It's just great to know that I can go wander around some stores for a few hours, get my mind off of everything, and have a little bit of fun. Food is also a great way to get me to procrastinate. Tell me you want to take me to a new restaurant? I'm there. I love trying new things, making new things, and being involved with the people and the fun that surrounds the atmosphere of eating. I've learned to make myself take trips and be happy, to be alone with myself and to do the things I enjoy, but only after all the things I need to get done are done. It's a blessing and a curse, but I think I'd rather be an anti-procrastinator than a procrastinator any day. It's good for me to get everything done. It makes me feel efficient. It makes me feel responsible. If you procrastinate all the time, I'll try and send some anti-procrastinating vibes your way. Because unfortunately, I think I'm always going to procrastinate procrastinating. Oh, please. <laughs> I, I had a feeling that's how you would react. That. <laughs> Maddie's the greatest, but uh, she's just thorough. The thing is, though, if you know Maddie, that is her. That's totally her. It is her. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Like, her biggest procrastinating moment is going to eat? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I don't consider that procrastination That's at all. Either. That is such a lightweight procrastinator. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can... TV, Netflix, pretending to exercise when you're really just watching Netflix sitting on your treadmill. This one time, I was at the gym... And I watched this guy come in, he stretches, looks at a treadmill, and then he walks out and leaves. That's me. Was really? That me? Was yeah. I, what was I wearing? Yeah. <laughs> you know how many times I've so gotten funny. on my treadmill and I'm like, you know what? I, it's, it's easier to watch if I'm not bouncing. You just walked in. Ah, that's enough for today. That's why I do the bike. 
Do you like the bike? Yeah. The bike would be good. The re, is it a recumbent bike? Does so it get your heart rate up, though? Like, I want to I want to be, like, when I, I like to sweat. I, I'm so out of shape, though. Anything gets my heart rate <laughs> up. <laughs> you know what? Procrastinate, it's a real deal. It's real. And I'm glad Maddie's on our team because she keeps us straight. Like, she keeps exactly. our meetings going. That's true. She doesn't know how to, like, have a really distracted meeting. Like, to me, that's a great way to get through a meeting is a little distraction. Yeah, it's nice, but believe me, I'm trying to run the meetings, and it's not helpful. Not productive. Well, it's, it's no. highly productive because it creates synergy. It creates chaos. <laughs> yeah, that's that. It just yeah, doesn't, get, it doesn't get anything done. But, man, it builds team. It's incredible. Today we're oh, talking procrastination. And, uh, again, I wish, you know, I wish James were here. Where's James? He's procrastinating coming in. He is. Anyway. We got a great show for you. Procrastination. Are you a procrastinator? Be thinking about it. We've got the pro coming on. Dr. Timothy Pitchell's coming on, and he, you know, he writes a blog on procrastination, for heaven's sakes. He's going to help us cut through it, figure out, you know, is there any redeeming quality to procrastinators? Because to me, I'm okay with it. I mean, to a point. You still got to hit a deadline, but it's just kind of how you hit it. We'll be on Dr. Timothy Pitchell right after this. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, we, we were, we were going to, you know, procrastinate a little time before we came back, but on the board is Sean who won't procrastinate like he needs to. Hey, uh, today we're talking with Dr. Tim Pitchell. Timothy Pitchell is a faculty member in the Department of Psychology and director of the Center for Initiatives in Education at Carleton University in Ottawa, Canada. He has garnered an international reputation for his research and writing on procrastination. In addition to his scholarly publications, Tim writes his popular blog, Don't Delay, for Psychology Today, and produces his I Procrastinate podcast on iTunes. Most recently, he published Solving the Procrastination Puzzle, a concise guide to strategies for change. Tim Pitchell's his name. By the way, he has procrastinated one thing in his life. He is what he is a self-described dinosaur dad because he had his first child at age 50 procrastinating. Dr. Tim Pitchell, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hello, Matt. Hey, that's not procrastination. <laughs> that's not. That's perfect timing, quite honestly. You couldn't do it earlier. It had to be the right time. Yeah, it was what nature did, not me. That's right. See? Yeah. yeah. That's a big and important distinction. Not the, all delay is procrastination. That's true, isn't it? Because like a storm could cause you to not be able to finish something. Something right. happening in your life, some event. You can't control everything. So not okay. everything. So maybe do that for us. Define for us, as the expert, what is procrastination? Sure. But first, thanks to Sean for not letting you procrastinate today. So I know. procrastination. So procrastination is a voluntary delay of an intended act. So I didn't intend to have children earlier, so I right. didn't voluntarily delay it. So voluntarily delay of an intended act, despite knowing you're probably going to be worse off for the, for the delay. You know, ah. the world's not, not a perfect place. You never know for sure. And every once in a while, you will procrastinate, and it pays off, and you hold on to that like gold. But the idea here is that there's no upside to procrastination, that procrastination is that dark form of delay. You know you intended to do something because it's in your best interest, and you're 
voluntarily delaying that, even though it's probably going to bite you in the butt. So if uh, if you delay involuntarily or voluntarily delay something that isn't uh, going to bite you, then that's not procrastination. No, it's probably not a great form of delay, but it's not so bad. Yeah, that's right. good. If you can look at it and say, you know what, it doesn't matter, then what we'd probably call that is an intention update. You're voluntarily going to delay things. You and I delay things every day. We All the time. To. Yeah, priorities come up. We set priorities and we say, oh, I'm going to do this first. That means this has to wait. But it's those days where you go, this is what I should do. Nothing's getting in the way here. Mm. I don't want to do it. That's that little six-year-old living inside of us. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't feel like it. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that is it's and I I love what you stated. It's there's no upside because we we all try to rationalize our procrastination, right? But if there's no upside, then we're really just telling our latest story. Absolutely, it's a lot of self deception, and we want to feel good now. So it's the present self trying to convince that you know we can wait. Future self will do this, and we beat up poor future self. Hmm. Is. Because we're also taught by all of these, uh, you know, all the people into mindfulness and presence, and we should live in the now. Mm-hmm. Yet, part of living in the now is also living the obligation of the now, which is finish your paper. Yes. Very much so. And it's so funny that, you know, the neuroscientific research on uh, present and future self shows is that we actually think about future self in a different part of our brain than we think about present self. Oh, so really? We, we think about future self more like a stranger. And it's done in experimental work, too, where uh, Hal Hirschfeld at New York University, you know, he'd say to someone, you know, how much would you be willing to do today? And you'd make an estimate. How, would you be, how much would you be willing to do in the future? quite a bit more. Oh, How much sure. do you think a stranger would do? Quite a bit more. We think about future self more like a stranger, and we're, we're willing to load them up with a lot more than present self with. That's so it. That's we're really kind of programmed to, to beat up for future self to make present self feel good now. Uh, it's interesting, because we, and we failed to realize it's really the same self. Uh, so, that's the big part, right? continuity. Yeah, you got to do some time travel. Push yourself out there and remember, that's really me. And it's going to hurt even more then because I'm going to be overloaded with other stuff too. But we don't go there. Yeah, we don't, you know? do we? No, it's a bit like saying, I should go for a run today. I said I was going to. I don't feel like it. I'll get up tomorrow at 5.30. Have you ever gotten up at 5.30 to go for a run? You don't <laughs> I, think that at I, all. Well, yeah, yeah, I have, have but it's miserable. Of, no, tomorrow I'll go for a run at 5.30. And, of course, tomorrow the alarm goes off and you just hit the snooze button and it's done. But when you put it off, because you held that intention for the next day, you felt pretty good about that. Well, and it's almost like just the intention mattered even more. I mean, like holding the intention and doing it. Can, can create success for you that procrastinating, it seems like cre- procrastinating is just living on, it's, it's debt. You're accumulating debt. You're borrowing from your future. What a great way to think of it, Matt, because procrastination is a form of self-regulation failure that's like spending money you don't have or eating calories you don't need. So when we overeat or we overspend or we gamble, it's the same sort of thing. We know where our limit should be, but we won't stop. And so we're spending money we don't have, we're eating calories we can't afford, or we're wasting time we shouldn't waste. Absolutely. And th- and that ill- that's going to have a cost, right? You're going to pay just in a variety of ways, maybe not looking as professional, not looking as good, but maybe simply just not trusting yourself because you haven't accumulated the character to not do this. Well, that's the first thing that gets, that's the first consequence is your perceptions of self for sure, because the common emotion with procrastination is guilt. We never perfectly self-deceive, but there are other consequences as well. Performance isn't always the biggest casualty here. Lots of us can pull it off at the last minute. 
but it causes it, chronic procrastination is related to poor health because the procrastination causes stress, stress compromises the immune system. Procrastinators typically practice fewer wellness behaviors, so they don't eat as well, they don't sleep as well, they don't exercise as much. And procrastinators, as you would imagine, have more treatment delay. Oh, yeah, I'll get looked at, looked yeah. at later, and they pay yeah. the price there. And we also suffer it in relationships as well. You know, everything's an emergency. You're canceling promises and breaking dates because now you have to work because you needlessly put off something earlier. So, you know, freedom really is in doing things in a timely way because then when opportunities come up, you can be spontaneous and guilt-free. It's so complicated, but yet it's... It's inherent. Uh, I saw it from a very young age. And then I, I have that myth where um, I feel like I can pull it off, you know. And so it's just, you know, it's easier. I don't think about a speech till the night before. And then oh, I can't tell you how many times I thought, ah, oh, man, I need a yeah. PowerPoint. And yeah. now all oh, of a sudden. All of it becomes, well, it becomes a habit. Yeah. But that's a good one. You know, like speech is an interesting one because there's a lot of anxiety around speeches. Yeah. And, and so if we put it off, what happens is we, we put off the anxiety for a little bit. And that, in psychology, is called negative reinforcement. It's not punishment. Negative reinforcement is we get rid of the negative stimulus. So if I put up an umbrella when it's raining, well, that stops the negative stimulus, the rain. So if I put off doing my work on the speech, I escape the anxiety for a little bit. But interestingly, it comes up to catch up with us later. So I might be saying things like, oh, I work better under pressure, or I'll feel more like it tomorrow. Yeah. But when it comes to the 11th hour and you finally get down to it, no one's saying, geez, I'm glad I waited till now. Mm-hmm. People are saying things like, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought. And we learned that very early in our research, that we kind of make a boogeyman out of the thing. We think it's more stressful and difficult than it really is. And then when we finally get down to it, we think, why did we do this? <laughs> like, it's not so bad. Yeah, what is my deal? And that we've in our head, back of our head, we've had to beat off the boogeyman about twelve times. And it seems like too, though, it could also compound. So all oh, of yeah. that pain and tension can then all be brought out in one minute of finding out you're really not ready for tomorrow. Yeah, it's a downward spiral. And I know as your listeners are listening to this, some of them are going like their stomach's starting to churn because <laughs> we're describing that perfect storm they're living in right now. Right that. We've put things off for a few days now. We're facing it tonight, and even now we don't want to do it. But, you know, now the self-deception is getting torn away, and you're thinking, i got to get going here. Uh, yeah. Is it genetic? Is this something we hand down? I mean, I could see I could teach my kids mm-hmm. to do this. That's a good question. Well, there's two, you put two sides to it. Can you teach it and yeah. learn it? Absolutely. We, we, there's a lot of learning that goes on when you watch other people work and you also learn if you put things off in school you can still pull it off and so a lot of people it becomes a habit we don't work better under pressure we only work under pressure Hmm. but the first part of that question was is it genetic and there was a recent study just this year university of colorado at boulder that did reveal that there's a genetic component to procrastination and the same genetic that or the same yeah i'll say it that way the same genetics that explain procrastination explains impulsivity so they they want to argue that it's really about him being impulsive but there's other layers in there more research that needs to be done i think it has a lot to do with our a major personality trait called conscientiousness how dutiful how organized um how planful are you and that's a big part of what will be the uh, antidote to yeah. procrastination being conscientious i notice with my kids though I have a daughter that's really effective communicator, taking communication classes, getting a degree in public relations, but she'll delay 
like, hey, Matt or Dad, I want you to read this thing. She wrote an article that she wanted me to read. I want you to read this article before I turn it in. Oh, sure. Great. Just get it to me whenever you can. Well, she procrastinates. She gets yeah. it to me at the last minute. And by the way, in the middle of all my procrastination, and it just <laughs> compounds. And I look at her like, you can't operate this way. And she's like, are you kidding me? This uh, is how you does. operate. Yeah, that's what people believe. Everyone does. But that's not true. Yeah, in fact, there's, it's just a license of freedom when you actually learn to get things done in a timely way because you don't have the monkey on your back. Right. right? You don't have that dark cloud hanging over. You think, hey. What am I going to do now? Because you've actually got things off your plate. Now, let me tell you a story about my six-year-old son. He's six and a half now. I'll say to him, Alex, it's time to make the bed. He'll say, I don't feel like it. I don't want to. <laughs> Alex, I didn't ask you how you felt or what you want to do. It's time to make your bed. Boy, he digs in his heels, and then I try to change it. I try to find a hook, and I'll say, Alex, I'll give you a dollar if you can count to ten before I have your bed made, but you have to count thousand, one, thousand, two. Now I got his attention. There's a dollar in it. So he starts to count, and it takes me about six seconds to make his bed. And I, he doesn't get his dollar, and he also learns something. Yeah. Well, it took like six seconds. Yeah, exactly. You were willing to stand there and complain and whine and carry on. If you'd put a little bit of that energy into it, it would have been done. You would have felt better, saved all this conflict. And there's a lesson in all of, to all of us there. You know, a lot of the times, if we can just get started, we realize, hey, this is going fine. I'm going to get it done. And, boy, the world changes. Oh, a little bit of so progress. True fuels our well-being. It's so true. We're talking with Dr. Timothy Pitchell from the Department of Psychology um, at Carleton University, Ottawa. We are going to take a break. Coming back, we're talking procrastination. When we come back, he's going to give us some skills, some tactics for what we can do to not procrastinate, how to start taking over our lives, our thinking, and quit using the excuse of procrastination. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Did you notice how quickly I picked up getting back into the show, Sean? Picked right up on it. Oh, Didn't, yeah, I saw I that. Mm-hmm. did not delay. Mm-hmm. When you've got the I can leading... delay it if you want. No. I can turn your microphone no. No. off. No, 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 no. When you've got the world's <laughs> leading expert in procrastination on the phone... You don't make him wait, do you? You don't make him wait. I wonder if he gets really mad about it. We'll ask him. We're talking with Dr. Timothy Pitchell. And it, by the way, if you could see how his name is spelled, you'd never put together Pitchell. P-Y-C-H-Y-L. Pitchell. I guess you could. Pitchell. I would have said Pykel. But again, you know, I'm just the show host. Uh, Dr. Timothy Pitchell is joining us, professor and faculty member in the Department of Psychology and the director of the Center for Initiatives in Education at Carleton University up in Ottawa, Canada. He has um, he's done it all. He's written a book called Solving the Procrastination Puzzle, A Concise Guide to Strategies for Change. Also, you got to go to his website. I've got to figure out what the name of it is. He's got a really complicated name on his website. If you just go to Google and look up Timothy... Procrastination.ca. Is that it? Okay, because for some reason I've got your whole... It stands for Canada. Okay, there we go. Let's do that. What it is is that I've got a domain name, but I put it all over to my university account. So if you type in procrastination.ca, then it defaults back to the university. That's perfect. Procrastination.ca. It's a great website. 
on this right. topic. I mean, fun, and but also it's got everything I think you need to figure out, you know, how big of a deal is this for any of us? Plus, you do a podcast, which I'm interested in. Um, the podcast is I Procrastinate Podcast that people can get on iTunes, right? Yes, I started that in 2005. I was kind of a pioneer in the podcast world, and I've been on again, off again with it, but uh, it's there. Do you uh, find yourself frustrated by procrastinators, or do you find them fascinating? A little bit of both. Really? I mean, if there's someone that's on your work team, or if there's someone that's kind of interrupting your life, you're going to get frustrated, but I've been fascinated with them for over 20 years. I, 20 years ago, I was studying people's goal pursuit. I was interested in what people were doing and how it made them feel. What I came to realize is what we said we were going to do and didn't do that really affected how we felt. Oh, yeah. Literally, when I defended my doctoral dissertation, um, I remember an external examiner said, so what's next, Tim? I said, you know, I'm going to stop studying what people are doing and start studying what people say they're going to do and not going to do. And he said, that's a good idea, and I've never looked back. How fast? I mean, cause it, to me, nothing to me cried out more procrastination than my dissertation. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, that was a nightmare. Yeah, and in fact, I was interviewing doctoral students for my own doctoral research, and I remember talking to one student, and I said, well, what are you doing? And she said, nothing. And I said, what are you supposed to be doing? Oh, I'm supposed to be working on my <laughs> comprehensive exam. Well, why aren't you doing that? Well, I really don't know what to do. Why don't you ask your advisor? I can't let my advisor know I'm not doing anything. <laughs> so, you know, and it went on and on and on. So I, I, get, I got to realize very quickly that we're very troubled by our procrastination. We get frozen in, in, in place by it. And it, it really disrupts us. You know, oh, yeah. What everyone seemed to be upset about. So I thought, I want to understand this better because we all know what it is. And for me, it's a deeply existential issue. It's not just about the all-nighters. It's about not getting on with your own life. I'm not trying to make productivity maniacs. I'm trying to make people who achieve the goals they set for themselves. That's yeah. the, when we become our own worst enemy, that's the problem. That, too, like you said, is that affects us more than doing something we didn't say we'd do. Yeah, it's, that, it's just when, when we say we're going to do something, we want, we even think we want to, and then we don't do it. I'm thinking, what's going on there? How do we become our own worst enemy? And yeah. so there's a bunch of things, and some of them are just the way the human mind works, and we can work around those quite easily. Is it, is, are these the things that you put in the book, Solving the Procrastination Puzzle? Yeah, you know, one of the things, if you had the book in your hand, you'd realize that one of its major attributes is it's really thin. You could pick it up and read it in one sitting, because oh. a long book about procrastination <laughs> is not going to get no. read. Exactly so I worked right. hard, because I've written, as you know, I've written uh, hundreds yeah. and hundreds of blog posts, and yeah. I've supervised all sorts of dissertations, but my challenge was, okay, how do I get the main ideas into something really short and readable, so each <laughs> chapter is like four or five pages, and you leave with a point, and, it, and, and you want to read the next chapter, and the feedback I'm getting is, yeah, you've done that. You know, I get enough so that I can get going. And that's what I wanted, and that's what the book provides. So you're, you're providing kind of the movement, the beginning movement. Okay, so get into some of these tactics. What, what, are, the, what are some of the rules? I know we've got 10 or so, but what are some of the things we should be doing to get going? Well, I'm going to start with intentions, because when you asked me to define it, I said it's voluntary delay and an intended act. But oftentimes our intentions are so vague as to be completely anemic, weak, no <laughs> will behind them. So yeah. you say, oh yeah, I'm going to do that on the weekend. Now, when does the weekend begin and end exactly, and what exactly <laughs> you're going to do? So you have to move from those big, broad goal intentions to specific implementation intentions in situation X. I'm going to do behavior Y to achieve sub-goal Z. You've got to make it that specific because it puts the cue for the 
the action into the environment so that you don't have to think about it anymore. You free up all that mental space. Up comes the time in Situation X. After my coffee Saturday morning, I'm going to sit down and do Behavior Y. So as soon as you're putting your coffee down, now it signals, yep, I'm about to do that. That's my next step. And you're cueing yourself. That's what you're doing. You're setting, you're setting the order, really. Yes, you are. You're, you're putting a cue in the environment to help you because if you follow your habits, it'll be not what's on TV or <laughs> right. let's go and do something else. Now, the other thing is that when we make things really concrete, when you make it a very specific concrete task, the way the human brain seems to work is that if it's concrete, it belongs to today. If it's abstract, ah, manana, it belongs to tomorrow. So you want to make things as concrete as possible. You don't say, I'm going to work on my thesis. You're going to say, I'm going to struggle on that paragraph that's that transition from the rationale to the hypotheses or whatever it is. Like, what is it specifically you're going to do? So set the cue, and then what is it specific? And that's going to make a big uh, help. Oh, that is great advice. You've got to set yourself up to succeed. It can't all just be willpower. Get rid of all the distractions, right? If you think you're going to work with the television on in the background, your smartphone there that's got text messages come up to you, Facebook open, you know really what you're saying is, I don't want to work. Yeah. And, and so you have to uh, preempt that which tempts. Get it out of the way. And implementation intentions can help there. If the phone rings, I'm going to let the answering machine take it, if then, right? Yeah. You can, it'll help you make the decision ahead of time. So you've got a stronger intention, you're minimizing distractions, but then don't fool yourself. You're not going to feel like it necessarily. You're putting the cup of coffee down and you're going, oh, I'll just check my email. It'll only take a minute, right? Like <laughs> yeah. You want to do anything but. So the feelings is a big part here. You have to recognize it for what it is. You're going to be like that my six-year-old son saying, I don't want to. I don't feel like it. What I didn't tell you at the end of the story before the break was that when I walked into my son's room today, his bed was made beautifully and his pajamas were laid out on the bed. Huh. Right. He, he gets it now. He realizes this takes six seconds and the whole world's a better place. Right. Isn't that Nobody nags me. Yeah. I'm fulfilling my end of the bargain. So, you know, what he's gotten past is I got to get past. The, I don't feel like it. So my biggest mantra is just get started. Don't think about the whole task. Don't think about how tough it is. Don't have that what the Buddhists call monkey mind, all these negative thoughts. Just get started somewhere. And that primes the pump. That's a huge piece, too. Oh, I can't. I've seen my kids. I, I sat last night trying to write this article, and I had to go somewhere where it would be fairly quiet. And we have a little studio where my son makes music. And he was down there totally just stuck in his thinking about how to make this song be the way he wants this song. And he, he, would, he goes, Dad, help me move my stuff. Help me move my table. Help me do this. What about this? And I just sat there and I thought, if you would just get started, just get yeah. started. Yes. But, yeah. but then it's like, but it's not going to be perfect. And I, I can't find my capo for my, for my guitar. And, uh Oh, but, is, is, you know, if you're going to Google anything about procrastination and you want to waste some time, Google <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres. She does oh. a great skit on procrastination. Does she? About, yeah, I'm walking down the stairs and there's the cat. So I scratch his belly for 45 minutes. <laughs> you know, she's just, she just does a wonderful job of it. Because, yeah, that's, it's insane what we will do. We do more work to avoid work. Oh, yeah. We'll, be, we'll do things that we never manage doing. Here's a, a really great example. So I'm sitting at my desk and I'm looking at the screen and I'm thinking, this report's not going very well. I think I'll get something to eat. So I go to the fridge and I grab the yogurt and I see the yogurt leaves a ring. Now, I'm not much for cleaning this fridge, but I think it'll only take me a minute to wipe that ring. 
So I get a cloth. I go to move the pickle jar, which is in front of where the oh, yogurt boy. was, and the There's pickle another jar ring. like, it's stuck now. <laughs> and I think, ah, oh, it'll only take me a minute. I'll just need a bit more hot water. 30 minutes later, my wife walks by, and I've got a big bucket of water, and she says, you clean in the fridge? No, I'm working on my report. <laughs> you know, we never make a decision to leave. No. So this, it'll only take a minute is like a, the biggest slippery slope in Facebook and all of the social media. It'll only take a minute to check my email. True. It'll only take a minute to update my st- status. But a minute later, you face the same decision, and we know how the story goes. Just yeah. one more game. So the moment you think that you, it'll only take a minute, the moment you think, I'll feel more like it tomorrow, the moment you think, I work better under pressure, see it for what it is. Yeah. You know, and use it as a flag to say, I'm about to procrastinate. I'm about to cope with some negative feelings that I've not even identified yet, and instead, I'm just going to get started. Does it? And honestly, does it gets down to be as simple as that. It does. And I, because like, how many times have I thought, I really should go right, and then I'm thinking, well, it's, it's 9.45. <laughs> and so if I can write, I'll only end up writing for an hour, maybe two. I'll just, I'll just write tomorrow. But yeah, not, I mean, one, even a half hour of writing and just starting to tackle that one paragraph would have changed me because I would have yeah. at least beat that monster in that moment. Yes, there's just nothing worse than getting up the next day and said, <laughs> I did nothing yesterday. I could, I know. That's where the downward spiral begins because now already, already you're into negative emotions. And, yeah. and you know, interestingly, we did some, uh, some research back in 2009, 2010 on self-forgiveness. And so this is one uh, that not everybody gets. I really thought when I teamed up with this psychologist, Michael Wall, he's a colleague here. Yeah. He's done a lot of work on forgiveness. I thought it would be forgive and forget. Right. You, know, you forgive yourself, you do more of the same. But we found the opposite. Students who procrastinated in the preparation for their first exam did poorly, but forgave themselves, procrastinated less on the second exam preparation. I said to Michael, how does that work? He said, well, imagine that uh, you and Sean had, uh, or you and Matt had had uh, a fight what would be the motivation? Well, we'd want to avoid each other, mm-hmm. all right? And what happens if forgiveness is offered? Well, we'd, we'd want to see each other again. Yeah. He said, yeah, well, the transgression this time is against the self. If you don't forgive yourself, you're going to constantly want to avoid. So oh. that's why we get that downward spiral. Yeah. We get up the next day, we didn't do anything yesterday, and if we don't offer ourselves a little self-forgiveness, the avoidance is just a little bit deeper. Oh, wow. Self-compassion is so important here. It's going to always be two steps forward, one step back. And in fact, that's the last chapter of the book right there, just saying that, you know, this isn't an easy journey. If you're reading the book, it's because you procrastinate. It's probably a habit, and you're not going to win every day. No. And you've got to see that it's really part of, part of being human. We've got this Stone Age brain running around in a modern world. We like sugar. We like fat. <laughs> we like to feel good now. Yeah, exactly. And, and we have all this technology helping, too. We're talking with Dr. Timothy Pitchell. We're going to take a break. Go check out his website, uh, procrastination.ca. Procrastination.ca. Great, honestly, great website. Links everywhere in his research, even to YouTube. So you can go get distracted a little bit. We'll be back. More with Timothy Pitchell and procrastination. We're going to learn more tools to, uh, to stop procrastinating. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143. Welcome back, friends. There's the hoedown music, meaning we're wrapping up the first hour of the show. 
We are talking to Dr. Timothy Pitchell, uh, who is a faculty member in the Department of Psychology and the director of the Center for Initiatives in Education at Carleton University in Ottawa, Canada. He um, he's the real deal. He's runs an iPod. He I mean, runs he runs his iPod for crying out loud. That's how powerful this man is. He's, he runs a great podcast that I've decided I'm going to have. I'm going to assign to my son Tim to listen to your um, I procrastinate podcast because I have a feeling he'll listen to you. Well, you know, it's interesting because you can do it while you're driving or doing yeah. your chores. That's why I like podcasts so much. I love I the too. radio though too. It's um. It really is. I think it's it kind of suits my nature as well. Uh, but you also are the author of the book, um, where to go? Solving the procrastination puzzle: a concise it's an guide. Book now too. Oh, it's an audio book. Yeah, Even better. Audible has it. So if you're an Audible member, uh, if you'd like to listen, uh, that's another way to get that book. See how it is. See mm-hmm. how it is. Um, also, go to the website procrastination.ca where you can get uh, to all of his good stuff. Okay, so Tim, give us some more. What are some more tools that we should be watching out for if we're a procrastinator? Well, something we haven't talked about yet is the, I don't know, the elephant in the room, willpower, because oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't have the willpower. Like, so we have to remember that uh, Roy Baumeister, Diane Tice, some great psychologists in the U.S. have shown us that willpower is like a muscle. We wear it out pretty quickly. And so we want to use it strategically. So you do want to tackle those difficult tasks when you're fresh. You know, you you don't want to leave them to the end of the day believing that, you know, you're going to have something left. You won't. Mm. So, you know, you have to be, again, a lot of the self-deception has to be stripped away here. You've got to start with the tough stuff and use that energy for the tough stuff. Now, it doesn't mean that some of us aren't successful or some of us are successful. Uh, it's starting with a couple little tasks just to prime the pump. But too many of us just do the little tasks, right? right. And you'll, you'll say, I was busy all day, but I never got done what was really due tomorrow. The, the hard thing. I'm going to be up all night. I know, exactly. Yeah. So and then you're exhausted anyway, so you're, you've wasted your willpower. You have. And, and, you know, it isn't an unlimited resource, and you've got to make sure you're getting your rest, and you've got to eat and all those things, because we're physical beings, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to run out of steam. But then I've got a good, co- good friend and colleague. He's going to be doing a podcast with me, in fact, at the end of the month. He's at Utrecht University in the Netherlands. Hmm. And uh, he talks about this notion of extended will. So it comes from the notion of extended cognition. If I said to you, what's 3 times 5, you'd say 15. If I said, what's 487 times 3,065, you'd say, just give me a second. And you would extend cognition with a paper and pencil Hmm. or a calculator. So he says, you know, we do that with cognition. Why won't we do it with will? So you want to use everything in the environment you can to make the threshold for engagement in the behavior you want easy and for the distractors hard. So one of my favorite examples is I love to ride my bike because I like exercise. I feel great. But it's easy at the end of the day to think, I think I'm just going to sit down and have a cold beer instead. Right. So in the morning, I leave my bike at the door so I can't help but trip over it and leave the beer on the counter because I don't really like warm beer. (laughs) So there's my bike, and there's the beer, and I think, well, while the beer's chilling, I'll have a quick ride here. You know, the, the bike's right in front of me. Yeah. And ev- everybody will tell you that. You've got to set up the environment to work in your favor. If you're talking to a nutritionist and, and you're trying to lose weight, they'll say, well, take a smaller plate physically. The right. size of the plate ought to be smaller, and you'll just put less food on it. So all of these things, you're looking for ladders that make it more difficult to do the distractible things and and slides if you want to be able to get into the behavior you want. Uh, rewards are really important this way as well. There's a great podcast up there from a graduate student. It might be about a year old now, where she 
has made a reward jar. So we all know about the ideas of giving ourselves rewards. Sometimes I take them anyhow. That's my problem. But (laughs) she puts a whole bunch of things that she'd like in this jar, like, oh, go for my favorite cappuccino or leave my bed unmade today or even big things like get that new TV. And she fills the jar. And so now she's made this wicked game out of it. And she says, I get to choose a reward after I've finished 40 minutes of work or (laughs) after I've finished a certain time. Oh, that's great. And, yeah, it's really interesting. You should have seen the the feedback I got on that. So many people got it. Like they just said, yeah, I need to do that. I know a colleague at the University of Utah. She's a philosopher. When she first got her job there, she found it very difficult to work out. But she loved going out for dinner on Friday night. As as perverse as it may sound, she realized that she'd be able to withhold the Friday night dinner uh, on the basis of whether or not she worked out. Not it doesn't work for everyone that's yeah. leverage leveraging self control, but it we're we're kind of strange people are and so she learned that if she made her dinner on Friday contingent upon her working out, she got back on the workout habit. Oh that's so, great. All of these things, you know, and, and it's a constellation. Some, you know, some of these things will jump out at you and you'll try them. Others will say, that wouldn't work for me. But that's one of the things that keeps me studying the problem. It's a constellation of factors, and it's a little different for everybody. Yeah. And, and again, that too, whether, like I'm noticing, just looking at your podcast, you're getting me connected to a, a million other ideas, and some of them will work for me. But it's almost like... We have to figure out ourselves, don't we? We, yeah. we we can listen to you, and then you're going to guide us to certain areas. But then eventually we have to, I guess, have the will to figure out what we need. Well, you have to be committed. You know, like something like implementation intentions, which is an idea of Peter Galwitz, where I shared it just before the break. You know, it won't work without a commitment. Like nothing, no little trick or technique is ever going to get you to do your work. Right. First, you've got to start with a commitment that you say, I really want this. And then you use the tools to make it more feasible. Um, the tricks and tips on their own aren't going to solve the problem. Sometimes you really have to look at it and see procrastination as a symptom of a deeper malaise that you just don't really like what you're doing in your life. Yeah. You're always putting it off because this is not a good fit for you. Now, I wouldn't go there quickly because that's an easy out. But for some people, they have to think, you know, this is really falsely internalized. These are other people's goals. These aren't my goals. No wonder I don't want to do them. So So sometimes procrastination can just be a scream that, you know, this is not what I want to be doing in life, and you ought to move on. But even in the passionate area that you love, I can love my job, my career, my life. Even in what I love, there's still certain areas that I'm not passionate about. And and those are the ones that seem to be the victim first, huh? And I'm going to say it again and a couple times because it's just so darn important. Like to think about working out. I feel so much better when I've done a bit of aerobic exercise. But like anybody who's even suffering from depression, for example, they need to get out. But the last thing they want to do is get out. Exactly. So you get to the end of the day and you think, I really should go for a run. You know that's what your body needs, but your butt just wants to sit on right. the couch. Just get started. Like just, just don't think about the whole run. Just get up and get started. Now, on the way, you've set yourself up for success by using extended will. You've left your running shoes and workout clothes somewhere mm-hmm. really handy so you don't have another barrier of, I've got to go dig that stuff out. It's like right there. You know, you've stumbled over it. And so, okay, just put them on and get outside the door. And everybody knows that's the beginning of the end. Once you get going, you, you're, you, you're, 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 it's marvelous. But you, you don't think too far. Do like, you? That's the, do you, have a, do you have a solution on this one? Because so, it seems like, too, um, we also think that we need, okay, so I'm going to get running. Once I get running, then I, I have to run three miles. Mm. 
because I run the whatever minute mile. So I've got to run three. And so I've got to at least have 30 minutes of exercise. So then all of a sudden you've, you've pegged yourself to this limit. And if I can't do that, I may as well not run. It's not even, it's not even worth. How do we get some of these assumed necessity, or I don't know what you call them, these assumed need, these things that we assume have to be a certain way. Is there a way to break free from those? Because maybe they're causing us something. Well, at the core of that is a little bit of irrationality. Yeah. And that's a common thing to all of procrastination. In fact, if you were talking only to a clinician, they might spend a lot of time on irrational thoughts. And if you go to the website, procrastination.ca, you'll see we put out a special issue of the Journal of Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, all focused on irrationality. And, and these thoughts that we have, sometimes they're related to perfectionism, living up to other people's standards. And mm-hmm. so again, with the podcast, you can listen to Gord Flett from York University, who's an expert in this area, tell you what it means to be a socially prescribed perfectionist. <laughs> but I think what you're hitting on, Matt, is that this internal dialogue is quite irrational, and it feeds our procrastination. If I don't have a whole day to write, there's no point in writing. As right. you say, it's 9 o'clock. What's the point of writing for an hour? <laughs> there's tons of point of writing for an hour. So all of these irrational thoughts are ways to rationalize our delay. Because what is happening is we're, we realize what we should do, but we don't feel like doing it. And we don't like that dissonance, so we try to rationalize it away. And again, just as I said before, the moment you start thinking, I'll feel like it tomorrow, I work better under pressure, recognize it for what it is. It's a flag that you're trying to make an excuse. And instead now, just get started. Just get get going. That's huge. Yeah, just get going. Just a little bit. That doesn't need to be the whole thing. So as far as running three miles, let go of that. Say, well, I I may not be able to do the whole run today. But you know, the the body's a funny thing. The first hundred yards, maybe even the first half mile, you think, this is a stupid activity. Why does anybody (laughs) run? This hurts. A little bit later, you think, I could run forever. I'm a god. And then both of those are completely unreasonable, right? (laughs) But that's the way the mind works. And that's why mindfulness meditation is so important. In fact, there's there's a new research now that shows that the more mindful we are, the less we procrastinate. Huh. Why? Because we're good at keeping our attention where we want it to be. We realize that it's non-judgmental awareness of, yeah, I hate this. This is boring. This is frustrating. Yep, that's fine. I have those feelings. I don't have to be those feelings. Bring my attention back. Mindful mindfulness, huge. Uh, yeah. Dr. Timothy Pitchell, you, uh, you are a breath of fresh air. We are coming. We're going to come find you again. Because <laughs> that would be fun. well, right there, I just heard of four other topics that you could, I'm sure, go for hours on. So we are going to um, we're going to have you back again. Everybody, go check out his go talk go check out his blog, Don't Delay, which is on Psychology Today, and go check out his website, Procrastination.ca. Tons of good stuff, and again, his good book, his awesome book that's out called Solving the Procrastination Puzzle: A Concise Guide to Strategies for Change. Dr. Pitchell, thanks again for being with us. My pleasure, Matt. Talk to you soon. You bet. We're not going to procrastinate anymore on this show. Anymore! That's my new commitment. It's not. That's not rational. See, that was an irrational commitment. <sighs> we got to work through it. We're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. More when we come back, untying this procrastination issue right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. 
I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your life coach, your guide on the side. Today, your procrastination medic. I don't know what to call myself. We are going to wean you off the procrastination drug. It is a drug. It's a big drug. It's a drug, and I do believe I'm addicted. (laughs) I am. I'm a total procrastinator. Medic! Medic! Seriously. I'm hit. I'm hit. I really am addicted. And I don't mean... Hey, oh, an angel just got some wings. A procrastination point for you. What what did you say? Procrastination point. I at least am recognizing that I am in a lie with myself. A lot of people don't. Good job, Matt. Wow. There's a (laughs) lot of people with a microphone. (laughs) That... I forgot we recorded that. That's well, great. You know, you know, you know what that means that Sean's running the board. Yeah, he knows all the buttons to push. He knows all the buttons to push, and he ticks me off. It's a trap. What was that one? It's a trap. Why don't I hear that? I can't hear that one. Hit it again. It's a trap. Did you hear it that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear a, it. But it's I don't. a trap. I think it's. I think I'm losing my hearing. It could be. I mean, you have headphones on all day. You're listening to your own voice. Well, yeah, and I'm using a Q-tip to clean it. <laughs> and also, uh, I, I keep thinking, I probably ought to go have my, my hearing checked. You probably should. That's but, important. But then I think to myself, nah, I'm good. I'll just, I'll do that tomorrow. Because what's the worst thing that could happen? Death. I don't even hear that. Death. Are those people snapping? Those are crickets, Matt. See, that's how bad my hearing is. But see, that's the problem. I procrastinate my own health. I don't even care. I don't seem to care. I mean, I do care. I don't want to be deaf. But I I seem to be heading down that road. Well, yeah, people procrastinate their health all the time. It's it's a huge thing. Do not procrastinate the day of your health. (laughs) That seems like a scripture. It is a scripture. I don't think it's about health. By Matt Townsend. Do not procrastinate the day of your repentance. Do not procrastinate the day of your health. So... Why on earth would give me an example other than someone procrastinating their hearing? Give me another example. Okay, have you ever heard of sleep procrastination? It's real, and I bet you no. probably do it. I'm sure I do it, but I've never heard of it. So there's a. Uh, I do it. Do you do it? Oh yes. Well, you were just doing it right there. You were procrastinating your board work. Yes, to my do sleep a, to have a little nap. So <laughs> the CDC estimates that uh, forty to or I mean, excuse me, 50 million to 70 million Americans. There's only 300 and what? 20 million Americans? Yeah, so 40 to 50 of them, million of them are, procrasti- are doing what? Sleep procrastination. Yeah, sleep procrastinating. What, what does that mean? Does that just mean I, I'm, I'm playing my phone instead of going to bed? Exactly. It could be. Yeah, that's one of the things, watching Netflix. What you're doing is you're uh, wasting time, you're, you're putting off going to bed. Yeah. And so you could do it in a lot of different ways. You could be watching Netflix. You could be watching TV. But what you're doing is you're extending your pre-bedtime routine yeah. for no reason. And uh, people you, do this all the time. I've actually found an actual a solution for my sleep procrastination. Going to bed? No. Oh. Um, I get my iPad. And I, my, my iPad is an older version, so it's kind of heavy. And I hold it above my face. Why? I lay in my uh-huh. bed no, and I hold I, yep. it above my mm-hmm. face. And um, as I'm holding it above my face. Don't you lose like feeling in your arms? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, but it, I usually sleep, fall asleep. But if and I fall asleep hits you with face. an iPad that weighs, I don't know, 20 pounds. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't weighed it. You can use a laptop. 
I, I sent you, the, <laughs> but I don't want to ruin my laptop. So that actually helps a lot. And my my uh, my facial reconstruction surgery guy, <laughs> he says he doesn't suggest it. But for those of you that really want to get rid of the procrastination, sleep procrastination, that's just one way to do it. So this is uh, another way. Well, this is coming out of the researchers at a Utrecht University in the Netherlands. Utrecht. Yeah. Or Utrecht, if you're going to... I mean, my Dutch is a little rusty, but that's how you'd probably say it. Did you just spit? You, I mean, they spit mm -hmm. when they talk. Okay, you don't want to offend all of Holland, Matt. Can you Be just... careful. Just clean your microphone a bit. Okay. Because that's pretty gross. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Utrecht. Well, this is... They tie this in with uh, obesity, diabetes, uh, depression, a reduction in quality time. Uh, I mean, quality really? of life. I mean, this, it, this is all tied to sleep. So this is a this is a kind of a, a, big deal. a huge public health epidemic. And this is this is this is the new epidemic. I mean in short I think not getting enough sleep because of sleep procrastination is slowing killing us. I think you're right. It's it's making you too tired to eat right. It's making you too tired to run. It's making you it's exhausting you. It's breaking your face with your iPad. And I think one of the most interesting things uh, that that they found out in their study was that, you know, when we usually waste time, we're wasting time, we're procrastinating because we want to put off some kind of enjoyable activity or mm -hmm. task. Right. And, uh, well, going to bed does not fall into that category. Oh, that's a great activity. Uh, and so that's what's, what separa separates this from most forms of procrastination is that uh, it's on our own personal, and, and uh, Professor Pitchell talked about this, our willpower. At yeah. the end of the day, we're tired, uh, we're not thinking, and we're not, we, we don't have a lot of self-control, so we don't force ourselves to go to bed but of all things but you know what since you were a kid you didn't want to go to bed i know and my it carries children, on that's until it. adulthood that's where they learn it because my kids like okay guys go to bed and they're like okay just a minute we just i just got to do this this one more thing this one more thing takes an hour <laughs> and then you're like go to bed no i just got this i, I gotta i gotta fix this i gotta fix my toe mm -hmm. and their toe you know oh, yeah needs to be fixed or you send them up to bed then they come down for yeah. some water yeah but my kids always come down sweating. Yes. With like just their muscles bulging. <laughs> my little kids. And they've been playing basketball. <laughs> oh, I see. And then they're like, we're not even tired, I'm, Dad. I'm thirsty. I need some water. But I'm, I'm totally dehydrated. I don't want to have my muscles like tighten up like LeBron's did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I used to do this. I don't do it now. Once that, I had kids, I treasure my sleep now. Well, now you're what we call an old man. Yes. That's exactly right. But it's really you. You. But when I was younger, I would do this. But don't you? Like, I, I would say, uh, I'll go to bed later. I'll watch this TV show. See, I don't like bed. I don't like sleep either. Really? Uh -uh. Oh, I thoroughly enjoy sleep. Do you? Yes. See, you also thoroughly enjoy eating, and I don't. I don't. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I don't derive pleasure from those things. Really? What do you derive pleasure from? What do you? Pardon? <laughs> peace. Just peace on earth. Oh. <laughs> no, I Thank you, Miss America. I don't know, but it's like I'd rather be learning, I think. Like I'd rather be reading. Okay. Oh. I'd rather be taking in knowledge. Yeah, I don't know, shooting a deer on Deer Hunter 2014. <laughs> Something like that. Sometimes that's I'm just wasting time. But it's funny, but I used to love sleep. But not anymore. No, cuz you know why? Cuz I'm asleep. <laughs> it's hard to enjoy something you're sleeping through. Well, you know? I mean, sleep procrastination, that's a big issue, but there's a lot of other ways that we procrastinate with our health, with exercise, oh, yeah. with, with eating healthy. You can always work out tomorrow. I know. And uh, 
Tom- tomorrow's the best uh, day to do something, yeah. right? I mean, get it well, done. Well, yeah. Well, and it, but really, it, until you until your tomorrow's run out, and then someone else is doing cardiovascular workout on your chest, <laughs> right? <laughs> the minute someone else <laughs> is like straddling you, making your heart have cardiovascular movement, then you're going to be like, ah, should have worked out. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's where you're going to regret it. But you don't regret it till clear, beep, <laughs> which I've done. Not to brag, but I'm a pretty big deal. Not to brag, but I have actually done CPR on many people. In your office? Yeah. I had a really bad workshop. <laughs> and they were dropping like flies. No, I used to be an EMT. Jack of all trades right here. If any of you right now hit the ground, dying, I'm here. Again, I think we've talked about this before. I will not do mouth-to-mouth. So don't ask for respirations. But I will. I'll do chest compressions. And then I'll grab someone like Mike, and I'll say, Mike, breathe in his mouth. You got it, Matt. Will you do the breathing? I want to keep my job. Okay. Just do it. That's why I'm here. (laughs) So we're delaying our our visits. I delayed for two years, two-plus years on my foot, on my plantar fasciitis. Boom. The guy sticks one needle in there, wiggles it around, hurts really bad, you know, squirts some cortisone in there. Boom. Teaches me how to take care of my paw. Man, I feel so much better. Why did I delay? Two and a half years. Messed hmm. up. Did, is there an answer why? Well, they're not really sure exactly why we do it. They're, but they found, the study found that it's a big problem. It's yeah. not something that we've really recognized before, health procrastination. But they're doing a lot more study on it currently. I know what it is. I know what it is. What is it? It's the hormones in chicken. <laughs> it's the hormones in chicken. It gives us flabby chest, gives <laughs> us a pooch, gives us muffin top, and it makes us procrastinate our sleep. But I guess... The, the current answer that we'd have to that is what uh, Professor Pitchell said, you know, just to have some willpower. Yeah. And uh, you got to attack it with a plan. <laughs> That's true. Because you knew you had plantar fasciitis, right? Oh, yeah. Everyone knew because I talk about it on the radio every day. Well, every what, day I would talk about it. What you needed to do is say, okay, by next month I'm going to have an appointment with a doctor. See, if people loved me, they would have just made the appointment. But that's what everybody's saying. We See, need to take charge of our own lives. That's me procrastinating. Quit being a baby and go in and get your help you need. That's what we need. Everybody, quit procrastinating. That's a great... You may, pro- probably not may, you have Mike saved lives today. I hope so, because this is a huge issue. Somewhere in our listening audience, if you know you need to go get a checkup, if you know you haven't had the prostate exam, if you know you haven't you know, had your blood work up, boom. Quit procrastinating. Don't make me come do. Don't make me come thump your chest. Don't make me do CPR on you. That's a. That's a. Put that. Did you capture that? That's my PSA. Don't make me be the only one doing cardiovascular work on your heart. Man, another angel got their wings. Well done, Mike. Thanks for saving lives. It's a. It's an important issue. We need to keep. Or not, rather, not keep putting off our health. Give us one quote. Give us one procrastination quote. Well, but make it count. You get one. Let's see here. Just one. Uh, so this one I liked. It's probably better in French, but it was by Napoleon Bonaparte. He said, "Space we can recover. Time never." All 
Oh, they like that one. Hey, do this for me real fast. Um, will you just please do that in a French accent? Wait, <laughs> wait. Space we can recover. <laughs> Time never. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yep, that was it. That was bad. Was that French? No, I don't know what it was. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I, uh, that was that seemed a little Dutch to me, a little German, Austrian, something. Okay, well done, Mike. And that was a good quote. You can't recover certain things once the bell is rung. You've done rung the bell. Put that on your meme. Hey, we're taking a break. It wasn't me. I know it's Sean. Who woke Sean up? Right in the middle of the show. <laughs> now he's pushing buttons left and right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the Julie K. Nelson is here. She's here. The child, the mom whisperer, the mom bomb, the child whisperer. She's here helping us parent with less procrastination. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, Julie K. Nelson in the house. She's here, folks. She's here. She is ready to... Uh, excuse the school class that was walking through the studio right then. <laughs> you are loved. Did you hear all those kids? They I did. Love you. I'm back in the classroom. I used to teach, you know, so yeah. I feel very at home with that. Did you know that when I speak on the show, nobody cheers? Yeah. They boo. Mm? No, the crickets. Yeah. We have someone new on the soundboard <laughs> introducing all kinds of sounds today. You know what is so scary about that is he has a million sounds. And, and not all appropriate. Not all are appropriate. <laughs> but so we're going to hope that he doesn't pull those out. He's smarter than the rest of us. Hey, Julie Nelson, if you go to her website, a aspoonfulofparenting.com, you'll see her sing the famous song, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. You want to sing it? No. <laughs> Good. Um, hey, did you hear Mike's French accent? No, I didn't. Oh, you missed that? I missed that part. Wow. Mike, do it again. Back by popular request. Oh, I bet he can't get his mic to work. Oh. Oh, here he's going. Okay, go. I left mm. it in there, the quote. Oh, no, I have it here. Okay, here we go. In, in, do, hey, do, do French accent. Do you want me to do like a German accent? No, try said? to do French. I'm okay. really dying to hear that. I can't. I can't do it. You're just gonna make fun of me. No. Are you doing the space is recovered, but time is lo uh, lost? Because it was done by Napoleon. I okay. can do a new one. You want me to do a new one? I heard one? you say it normal. Yeah. So I said, space we can recover. Ooh. Time never. Napoleon Bonaparte. But you know, in French, it's probably a little. It probably sounds a lot better. Yeah, right? I didn't hear but that. But I don't one. speak French. Okay. En français. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I tried, I tried Google to, Translate? No, I tried. Yeah. To, I went to France a couple, couple weeks ago and yes. tried to order a crepe. Oh, I was shot down by that little young... How do they say crepe? crepe. crepe. They say crepe. Crepe. Crepe oh, or something like that. Who's I said, spitting? can I have a crepe, please? And my, of course, my English bad accent. I, I want one of them crepes. <laughs> they, they looked at me like I was a crazy American and they would refuse to serve me. They called me. you a creepy creper. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, teach us, because see, you know parents. Mm-hmm. 
you are a parent. I am. But a you also of teach. You mm-hmm. you have a master's degree in marriage and family and human development. You teach classes at Utah Valley University in applied parenting. For heaven's sake. Yes. So, do parents? It seems like parents may be playing a part in children that procrastinate. Yeah. So my my. Uh, section of this program is to talk about with you what your previous guest had talked about with procrastination that we as parents could be complicit uh, yes teaching our children because it's a behavior and we could be teaching them to be procrastinators well, did you hear his examples of how he taught his child to make his bed yeah so, i mean that's that's a great lesson brilliant brilliant yeah. so i kind of have these same uh, strategies coming up. I want to have our, our listeners understand that your parenting style plays into uh, if your child becomes more likely a procrastinator or not. Uh, there's about three, t- it depends on who you're talking about, but uh, the main three parenting styles, I want to bring up two. Okay. Because they're the ones that are on the opposite ends of either, um, you know, super control or the kind of parenting that we really like, which is the balanced, moderated parenting. So this is the, these are the parenting techniques that end up influencing the kids. Mm -hmm. So, and there's, what are, there's three of them? There's three main ones. Um, It gets more as they added on. Balmrind a long time ago came up with three. There's authoritarian, authoritative, and permissive. We're going to talk about authoritarian and authoritative today um, because they play in, the research shows those two color the type of child and how they respond to tasks. Sweet. Uh, The authoritative is the kind, we'll call them the controlling parent, or the, sorry, the authoritarian is more the controlling parent. Okay. So they're the ones that um, research has shown that they have, they're overly critical, they're controlling, demanding, those kind of authoritarian is what we're talking about here. And so what happens is when the parent is over controlling, critical, that they might be teaching their child to avoid tasks. Because because why? You're going to get ripped. You're going to get ripped. Your parent's going to come and say, what? This this isn't clean. You, you know? call this clean? Yeah, this yeah. is yeah, yeah, and they're going to be not wanting to take risks as yeah. a child, and so you, like your uh, previous guest said, if a, ch- a parent is overly harsh or hard on a child, they're going to be overly harsh or hard on, themsel- on themselves. So, yeah. On themselves. So if you're an author, if you're an authoritarian, mm-hmm. you're going to possibly have children that don't want to risk. Yeah, they're going to be overly hard, hard on themselves. Studies all the way through the 80s, 90s, and today support all these findings because it makes sense, right, Matt? Because we put off what stresses us out. Yeah. And if you're a child who your parent stresses you out and you know there's going to be this harsh, punitive type thing, you're going to try to avoid that. Oh, for sure. I'm going to run and hide from that parent. Or a boss, too. I mean, if your boss is too authoritative, you may not risk the same. Yeah. And so then you you produce what's called a discouraged child, and discouragement looks a lot like procrastinating. Oh, Because they sit and they think, why try? And that could produce someone who is a procrastinator, we call them. And, and then the parent, of course, would say, you're lazy, you stupid. Yeah. But they're just discouraged because they have this parent who's just overly. Man. Yeah, yeah. So authoritative creates kind of the discouraged kid. Authoritarian. Authoritarian. Mm-hmm. What are the other, what's the next one? So authoritative, ah. right, um, is the one that is the balanced parent. Okay. okay? You're yeah. still in the role of authority, but you're not given a beat down. Yeah, so for example, um, when you have a, a, a home that you create this safe environment where you can risk and you can fail and it's okay and parents are like propping you up and it's yeah. all right, um, then they want to try and try again. You know, and they'll try early and try lots of yeah. times rather than waiting until the perfect, I have to get that perfect paper. You know, 
we all look at that blank paper and go, oh my gosh, uh, oh, how am I ever going to write this thing? And they put it off because we want to have the perfect paper the first time. Yeah. If you have authoritative parent, the one that's more balanced and supportive, they're going to have hate. Just like my kids in school. I th- I'm sure you've heard of this because you got kids, you know. Mm. They go through the writing process. I taught this when I was a school teacher too. One of the processes is the sloppy copy. Okay, you've heard of that before, right? It's like yeah. step number three or something. You got the brainstorm, the sloppy copy, which means I want your sloppiest, but I want something down. And that that teaches the child in school Just get going. to turn something yeah. in, you know? And it's okay, then you don't get this freeze up. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and so we want sloppy copies at home. We want kids just to kind of start early and start lots. Yeah. Lots of times until we get it right. And the parents there to support, hey, look, now let's try this and now let's do this. And so authoritarian parents don't, uh, they, they don't tolerate sloppiness. Yeah, no, they'll crush you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So authoritative, mm-hmm. healthier. Yeah. You're still you can accept it. Hey, let's just try this. But you you would still give some tool to get it going. Yeah. I mean, instead of them sitting there, I can't. If it's not perfect, I won't do it. Right. And at the, at the end, I've got t- five t- uh, ways that authoritative authoritative parents help that um, to facilitate the the child who will risk and who yeah. will who will try and try again. So we'll we'll Mm -hmm. come back and do that. But Mm -hmm. talk about, so um, authoritarian, authoritative. What was the other just like non- Well, permissive. Permissive. Yeah. And, you know, permissive as anything goes. Yeah. You don't need to do it. Right. We actually help them procrastinate. (laughs) But the research that I've looked at, and time and again, they compare those two Mm -hmm. types of of parenting, the authoritative versus authoritarian. Which one do you go to? You know, you start more authoritarian. And that first child bears the brunt of it. And then you kind of ease up and by the fifth child hopefully we've all got it right some of us even turn into permissive by the fifth one oh, like yeah. my, my my one's at home right now and i'm like hey Whatever. see you in a little bit have a good yeah. time hey is that a is yeah. that a stick of dynamite <laughs> hey pal you better put that down that yeah. could hurt you that's right but the middle ones hopefully we we did it we're you know so authoritative <laughs> is what we're trying to get to hey put that blade away is that a blade <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was perfect timing. Yeah, we learned. We we mellow out, and we learned that it's more the authoritative brings the better results. Are you um, are you a procrastinator? You're not. I'm not. You're a. Th- oh, you I, I'm a I'm a doer, and I love the process. That's the one thing about authoritative parenting is they value the process rather than the product. Mm. And a good teacher as well. When I taught in school, this is what I teach and I now teach at UVU yeah. in the education department is to value the process. The process, the process of being the parent. The process of being part of the activity. Of, of, of making, of doing, mm-hmm. and not the, just the product that has to be the perfect thing we, we put up on the fridge. Yeah. But we can do lots of things that are messy and that are good and fun and there's learning in that involved in that. See, I love the process a lot. Mm-hmm. But when you give me a deadline... Then I, do, I just hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't say hate, but now I do. Yeah. But deadlines kind of make me, then I got to procrastinate it. Yeah. You would not like it in my house. Do you have a lot of deadlines? Well, no, if, if, because my wife works during the day. Yeah. And now the kids are out of, out of school. So she, you know, they like to be on their iPads. My wife will actually text them their task for the day wow. on their iPad. Because they're on their iPads talking with yeah. their friends. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so she'll she'll do that, and she'll she'll give them a time limit as to when it has to be done, so that they can either go swimming later in the day at the rec center, or they can go out and do a bike ride, or go out and play with friends. Mm-hmm. See, no, we do. My wife does that. So my wife, she's the authoritative. authoritative. Uh-huh. She's really good. <laughs> yeah, and she'll make a list. And they've got to get it done. Mm-hmm. Is it okay to have two different types of parents in the house, or is that? 
you know, generally we or do. do. You butt heads? Generally, we don't have two perfect parents, and we <laughs> we moderate each other. Yeah. You know, and you might have one who's more permissive and one that's more authoritarian, and they they somehow learn how to meet in the middle. Yeah, and you have and, half of one. Yeah, and and there's lots of variances within a parenting style, and we talk about that in my class as well. So you're not having a true authoritarian. Sometimes, I mean, you know, I I'm authoritarian in some regards, but yeah. not not super overt. And I have, you know, I have aspects of it, but I try to be more on the side authoritative. Do you, um, when you go authoritarian, do you speak in that really strong German <laughs> accent? <laughs> there will be heads to roll today. Yes, that's it. That's how we know when Julie goes all authoritarian on us. That's it. You got a bell. Uh, hey, we're taking a break. We are speaking with Julie Nelson, author of Parenting with Spiritual Power, mother of five children. We call her the child whisperer. Now we call her the authoritarian, authoritative, mm-hmm. which is the near perfect parent, which I've always thought you were. The Mary Poppins parent. I, I and, Spoonful of parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she gave me a troll. <laughs> and they could troll, which makes her really special. We put clothes on it. And by the way, he's still not growing hair. Hey, we're going to take a break. More with uh, Julie Nelson. When we come back, this is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Did you hear the laser? That laser was trying to shoot Julie because she was speaking. How are you, Julie? I'm doing well, thank you. Julie K. Nelson joining us today. By the way, go to her website, a spoonfulofparenting.com. She's the mom whisperer. She's the mom bomb, and she's an authoritative mother. Mm-hmm. Not to be On confused with the day. German, for some reason, German accent. I don't know why it's German because Germans, they're not all authoritative. It's just the accent. The authoritarian. Authoritarian. Yeah. The accent just seems mm-hmm. so it aggressive. Does. Yeah. But um, teach us some more. The okay. kids then, so authoritative parents are the ones that can still kind of set a, a guideline, can mm-hmm. set an expectation. We need to get certain things done. Um, but w- what are the what are the things the kids, sh- you know, what are the signs, I guess, or what are the things we should do with our kids to make sure they they get it? Yeah. Good question. So, so your listeners know because it's it is hard to kind of differentiate between those two. Authoritative is the one we want. It's characterized by warm and accepting. You're firm, but you're flexible. You control your children's behavior appropriately, especially yeah. age wise, and you help your children to shoulder responsibility and have some power. And research confirms that this balance of giving them independence but providing suitable conditions, learning conditions, is the most you know, productive. So yeah. uh, what you want to do if you're an authoritative parent, which we all want to be on a good day, is to teach them steps to learning how to not be procrastinators. This yeah. is five five things we can do. Five or, things we can do as parents mm-hmm, to make sure mm-hmm. our kids are not learning to be procrastinators through us. Sure. Yes. And, and we can model that 
Yes. You sound so much closer. Thank now. you. I moved the microphone. Okay. Well, someone did. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Uh, first of all, let's rephrase it because we do this self-talk. I don't want to do that. You know, the six, like your yeah. former guest said, the six-year-old and outside of all of us, I don't yeah. want to do that. That's too hard. So you rephrase that? Refra- rephrase it in- into things like, I wonder what would happen if. I wonder what would happen if you didn't do that. No, if, if I did. Oh, instead of instead of I don't want to do oh, that. You... That's too hard. Let's say, well, what would happen if? So you teach them to ask uh-huh. themselves that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's 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 explore. It's it's that fear of failure thing again. I don't want to do that. That's too hard because they're afraid of failing. It's that oh, perfection, man. and we often have a child who's prone to perfectionism. Yeah. So then we say, well, what will happen if? So what if it fails? What if you don't do the very best? Can is there a chance you can? Do another. Oh, uh, see, know, I, this try. is where. Okay, answer me this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if my kid says, "I don't, I don't want to do it," see, you say, "Well, what would happen if you did try?" Mm-hmm. See, I would have said, "Hey, hey, <laughs> this ain't Burger King, dude. <laughs> you can't have it your way." Okay, so where does that fit? Yeah, so nowhere on this scale. Okay. So number two, mistakes are good. And you need to model this again because it's a learned behavior, procrastination. And so if they see you getting all anxious and stressed out and then putting things off and I'm going to sweep things under the carpet because I can't deal with this house. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's all right if we have people over and our house is not clean because, you know, it's all right. And then we just... When they're gone, we do a little bit more cleaning. It's a little, it's it's a process. Yeah, you know we're not perfect all the time. They need to see that. You can see that there's a failure here or there. There's a problem here. Or yeah, there. and we don't want to create this perfectionism model where we have to be perfect all the time. Oh, yeah. It's a process, and not being perfect uh, is not meaning failure. That's a really good no, point. No, that's huge, huh? Really huge point with mistakes are good. It doesn't mean failure. It means learning. And so we need to be comfort have a certain comfort level with um, not having everything perfect all the time well and i know too many parents out there parents out there that have to have their kids look perfect all the time oh, in man. public and in private in their homes and their hair is just like this we got to stop that because that is a procrastination model because some kids will feel like i have in other words let's say that they're they're raised under a certain standard of living and they feel like they have to have that when they're married yeah well i'm going to be putting off certain things in my life yep. because I'm never going to be able to achieve that. I'm not going to be able to get the standard of living my parents raised me under. So they're going to procrastinate because they can never get that. And they're, yeah, so it's the, they need to learn that it's okay to make mistakes and not be perfect and, and not look like everybody else. It's all right. Number three, break down the tasks. Your former guest talked about yeah. this with specific concrete steps, especially with young children. They need to know instead of just saying, clean your room, why don't you go pick up all the balls? Yeah, throw all the 400 balls yes, in into the, this the big ball. and tell them the two-step process or yeah. the three-step, whatever it might be, but break it down. And for a child who has a homework assignment, make a goal sheet. Today, we're going to get this done. You're going to have this much done. So they feel like the sense of accomplishment at the end of the day. It wasn't all done because there's actually five steps involved, but I got the first one done. Cross that one yeah. off. A lot of kids really, and adults, respond to that list thing at the end of the day, cross that off. And it was one of the steps. It's not the final steps, but I feel good about that one step no, being done. that's great advice. And and talk about it out aloud. It's called metacognition with kids, where you talk about breaking out tasks. I'm going to do this first, and then I'm going to do this. So if I'm going to fix the car or change the oil on the car, or whatever, I talk out loud. First, I've got to do this, then I got to do this. So they realize how you problem 
solve in steps. Oh, yeah. Because that's what we don't do. We just kind of do it for them. Yeah. And, and, and or we just think it in our head, but don't talk out loud. Mm-hmm. Four is to support, not smother. This is the difference mm. between authoritative and authoritarian. They Author- smother. Huh? Authoritative will support, smother authoritarian. So we give them fir- fir- uh, firm rules. You know, no TV until this is done. Get them into a comfortable environment. Give them a desk, a reading lamp, and drop, you know, all the stuff that's going to distract them. And then get them started. I like to prime the pump, like you say, where you get them. Okay, this is where we would do uh, helping them find some websites to go on. And then they go and read the websites and do the hard work. But we get them on there. Or we get them the books to read or whatever it might be. We get them started on the math problems. We start a couple of math problems. One, two. Now you finish the rest of the page. And I walk away because I'm not going to stand there and look over their shoulder and smother them and do all the problems with them. They got to, you know, finish the rest of the page. And every kid, it seems, they're all at such a different level. So you can't assume, like I I had a child that I said, hey, will you just take the car, drive down to the car wash and have it washed? And he's like, what? (laughs) I'm like, no, you just take the car and you drive it and you have the car washed. And he's like, Dad, I can't do that. Too too complicated? Oh, yeah. I, in my head, I seriously couldn't. Fa- Are you kidding me? I'm not asking you to wash the car. I'm just asking you to drive it to the place where they wash it, and then you'll have to get out, and they'll drive it Maybe through. Maybe he'd never seen you do that he before. He hadn't. Yeah. And my wife's like, That could be overwhelming. Relax. Yeah. I think there's a there's there's a disconnect there when when they hit the teenage years, I yeah. think, is when that happens. I think it's an oxygen problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're they're they're, they're not, sitting under sleeping. They're sitting there thinking, yeah, they're 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 st- they're thinking. I'm an adult. I can stay up as late as I want now. So they don't get enough sleep, yeah. and so they don't. Yeah. But he had right. never. They're not running on full cylinders. He'd never oh, seen yeah. me. But take they've never a car seen. To they've never wash. seen you do that. And see, you have to model. Even with two year olds, you have to model the two step process or the three step process of cleaning that thing yeah. or whatever it might be, brushing your teeth. And so he'd never seen you take it down there. He had no idea he what that means. He actually had, but I think he thought it was an amusement ride. <laughs> Because he sat in it. Oh. You know what I mean? Going but through the car wash? He's he like, wasn't yeah. paying attention to it. He didn't know we yeah. were washing the yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah. He you really, thought, you do yeah. have to walk him through the first time. Like I said, support. Hmm. Not smother because you're not going to be doing everything for them like authoritarian would do. Right. But show them the first time. Teach them this is how you get there. This is how you do it. And then you do it yourself. The yeah. permissive, by the way, wouldn't even do anything. They would just do the homework for the kid. No, homework wouldn't be required. Oh. Well, that's not. Yeah, that's yeah. what I used to want. Like, you can do it or not. You know what? C's, C's get you know hey, graduation. We all can't get. We all can't graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C's get degrees. That's right. And you get a job with C's. So, uh, yeah. Last, also, when you support them, is you find the resources for them. Not only the website or the book, but I'm not going to be there doing every single story problem with them on math. I might say, "Hey, let's f- get you to school early and meet with your teacher. Mm. Let's get you to a study group. I help them find resources to get them to take responsibility yeah. and and facilitate that. But I don't smother them and I don't do it up for them. What? Because what if your child is in college? <laughs> do you I mean cuz this is where it gets scary cuz then and every once in a while you'll see a parent you know walking their kid across campus Absolutely. here Absolutely. Oh, I have, I have parents in college who have emailed me. Oh. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. About their homework that the child didn't turn in. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. you know, have them call me. Yeah. Okay. So last one, this is the sage advice from my mom that she raised me. Maybe that's why I'm not a procrastinator because I always get this image in my head. And mm. This is a great one that maybe your your listeners will love Hold on, will love before this. you say it, yeah. do you want to try it in French? 
I can't. Okay, that's yeah, fine. That's yeah. fine. Just go with I tried to say the crepe thing in France and yeah. they shot me that's down. Right. Just, I, I'm wounded. Just do it the way grandma said it. All right. She said, kiss the frog. Okay. Pardon? Kiss the frog. Kiss the frog. Kiss, kiss the frog. Kiss the frog. Yeah. Then <laughs> yeah. they would do, be doing frog legs. Uh, yeah. But here's the kiss thing. Kiss the frog. Here's the thing. It's very hard. The longer you look at a frog, the mm. uglier it gets. Oh, yeah. And the harder it is to kiss it. So if I have some task that I hate to do, the longer I stare at it, mm-hmm. the longer I think, I don't want to do that, yeah. the uglier and the bigger it gets. So she says, just kiss just the frog. Kiss it. Just close your eyes and kiss it. Get it over with. So what that means is that if you have a task and you're looking at your day and you're saying, this is the one I don't want to do, what procrastinators will do is I'll, well, I'll first I'll go shopping and then and then I'll do this and then I'll get to that. Once I look good, then I'll kiss the frog. That at the end of the day, when I get around to it, right? Yeah. And so what she's taught me is that you just do that one first. Do it first and get it over with. Get it, do it quick and it's going to be messy That's at first because it's sloppy to kiss a frog. What? But you do it and then after that, then you reward yourself by doing all the other things that you wanted to yeah. do. Hey, why are, why are we kissing frogs? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean. Because they just get, they just, it's this image of this warty, slimy thing that you got. But she said, do it first and get that over with and then so you know, <laughs> reward yourself with all the good things you wanted to you do. You know what's funny is um, that's sometimes what you have to tell the, your kids is like, J- just kiss grandma. <laughs> I think she's looking for a prince, isn't just she? Kiss grandma. She's she's the frog. Was grandma looking for a prince? But that's great advice. Yeah. You just kiss it. You just got to do it. Just do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Just suck it up. So I tell my kids, this is our little, you know, the thing where I say is when they don't want to do something, I say, just kiss the frog, and they know what yeah. that means. That means get it over with, do it yeah. fast. You don't have to do it perfect. No. In fact, it might be sloppy and messy, yeah. but then you can get on to things you want to do. At least you got it done. Hey, you know, Mike's kissed some frogs. He has, and they they turn into princesses. Uh, one did. <laughs> We won't say anything more than that, but he's smitten. That's so great. Nope, I've got oh, to oh, meet her. He put his head down and yeah. he's praying. You know, Mike, I need... Is that a prayer? He's I in need prayer post. to give my approval before anything proceeds, just yeah. so you know. Yeah, you'll want to meet her. Yeah. She's great. She's, you know, he's smitten. Okay. <laughs> we'll have him comment on it in the after the break. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I think what we want to try to do, because, you know, everybody thinks they know how to procrastinate, but, you know... Sean's going to teach us how we can procrastinate for real. Like a professional. Oh, instead of the fake the fake ones yeah. that we all do. We've talked about a lot of fake procrastinations. Mm-hmm. Nobody can procrastinate better than Sean O'Neill. Oh, the professional procrastinator. This is yeah. going to be the procrastination yeah. destination. This is this is this is ninja. Ninja procrastination. (laughs) We'll be right back. Julie Nelson's going to stick with us again. Again, uh, Sean O'Neill, the uh, procrastinating ninja, will be joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. everybody to the matt townsend show hey today we're talking procrastination do not procrastinate the day of your repentance that's the scripture every once in a while i like to just pull out a scripture oh you hear that music it just makes me happy that's the frog you're trying to kiss that's the frog kiss it kiss it kiss it um sean o'neill uh again we call him ninja ninjanator because he, nobody can procrastinate quite like Sean O'Neill. You've never seen me spend a Saturday on the couch. Oh, really? He can do it like none other. 
You know, I would pay to see that. I would pay <laughs> hey, to see that and over. to have your wife walk by you 20 times, <laughs> rolling happens. her eyes like, you're going to die. Well, it's easier when your wife works. You know how the troll is not growing grass on its yeah. head? It's mm-hmm. growing grass on Sean O'Neill while he's laying there <sighs> No, on the I'm couch. losing my grass. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was gonna, don't comment about the grass on his head. <laughs> hey, so... Do you really put like when your wife goes and works on Saturday or whatever, you procrastinate? Well, the thing is, she's working just upstairs. She works at home. So it's. So the minute like you hear a noise upstairs, exactly. does everybody yeah. jump up and start cleaning? <laughs> yeah. That's good. So I'm, yeah. so I'm not alone. No, I do that. no, That's not good. at all. So what, what are you going to teach us? I'm going to teach you how to procrastinate. Well, I already know how to. It's a process. Okay. Oh, it's, no, 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 no. It's no. a learned no. skill. This is different. No, this yeah. is procrastination. This is like. Not 101. Yeah. This is advanced. This, this is, is like AP. 301, 401. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Upper well. level, upper division. So for those of you out there in listener land that don't want to become an advanced placement procrastinator, then you probably ought to turn off, turn off now. Well, the first thing you got to do. Yeah. You got to figure out what's what needs to be done, first of all. Right. Got to figure out your task. Well, or just wait and my wife will tell no, me. No, 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 no. You, you need to you oh, guys, I need to you have to, you have to have to know okay. what the task because is. Because you have to consciously. No, it, it may come from your wife. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, yeah. Well, but you have to come? know. And then you have to make a list of things to get that task done. Well, yeah, we've talked about that. Okay. So this is this is basics. You're talking and then, basics. And then you have to prioritize Pro- that you, list. Okay, when do we pri- when do we when do we pray when do we procrastinate? We are already. You're using the process to procrastinate. See, then you are the master. Then you have to go check your email. Well, you can't check because it you're, once. On, you're on, well. You're on the computer making a list of your tasks, and so your email's right there. Mm. You got to check the email. Make sure you're not missing anything important from from anybody point. on that day. Great. Hey, what if I have four emails? Well, then you got you got to check them all. Yeah. What about my junk mail? Because I got like a ton oh, of junk well, mail that I haven't looked at. You got to empty that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get the spam filter out. Mm. And then, of course, you're right there on the computer, and you need to know what your your guy friends are doing that day or well, any yeah. other friends you have. So you got to check in on Facebook. What if, what if you one check of in on Facebook? Sick. What if they're sick? Exactly. What if they're dying? Or you got to see the pictures of their trip that they're on that you're jealous about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, this seems – I'm already here. I do this. No, you got to share any necessary content on Facebook while you're there. Well, even if it's because, unnecessary, you got to share it because yeah. you're a member of a community. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Of the procrastinating community. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've signed an agreement with your fellow friends on Now, Facebook. of course, and then you realize that, you know, this task that you've got to do, you may not know how to do part of it. So yeah. you're there on the internet. You check out. you got to research it. Well, you, well I'd go you to figure YouTube. Out. You go to YouTube. It's, that's the next thing. You check YouTube. You go for the how-to videos. I, or. Which leads to the cat videos. Yeah. And you and you and watch then, the cat, and then your videos from your friends yeah. that have posted stuff yeah. from their vacation that you're jealous about. And then the fun one, I always go back to, "You bit my finger, Charlie." I like exactly. to go back to that one, oh, of course, because that's my favorite. Charlie bit my finger. Charlie bit my finger. Hurt Charlie. That's French. Yeah. <laughs> Hardly <laughs> wrong, wrong country. See, I do this. This is how I got my doctorate in mm-hmm. five years. But of course, then, then okay, you get off the computer years. and you, you, so you start looking at your phone, seeing what time it is, and you got to check your Twitter account. Yeah. Because you got other friends who, you know, they're not on Facebook. Oh, yeah, that's right. Come on. Right. So you check your Twitter account, and then you got, you, and you have to tweet that funny thing out there because, you, you know, if you, you're going to forget about it if you don't do it. Oh, man. Mm hmm. 
This is so complicated. Right. How am I ever going to get to my this paper? Time, by this time, you know, it is a Saturday, so you, unfortunately you have to make yourself some lunch. Yeah. Well, you want a healthy lunch. Of course. You don't just want a Hot Pocket. Well, I don't know. But without any food, you got no energy. Oh, boy. And if you have no energy, that task ain't going to get done. That's right. You better go to the store and get some healthy, good there food. There you go. Brain food. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brain food. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on the task. I mean, maybe you're doing something out in the yard. Why would I do that? Oh, I don't know. Well, because if I'm going to write a paper, I'd rather be in the yard. But, you know, you, you so you get done with lunch. And then, then of course, you know, you posted something on Facebook, so you got to see if anybody's liked it. Mm. So you got to go back out to Facebook and make sure that your friends have liked that post. Mm. And then you, of course, you post out that, you know, you're asking for some help to get motivated to get this task done. Hey, anybody got any ideas on how I could get motivated? Mm-hmm. I, I've seen people post that on my Facebook. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I'm not motivated to do this thing today, whatever hey, it might why, be. Why can, you you help, can you help me? Facebook? <laughs> like, can you help me? <laughs> people are so messed up. What, 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 if, what if while you're doing all this, what if you see like one of your kids is building something with Legos? Oh, you have to go help him. But what if he's building it all wrong? Because, well, that's why you have to help. I mean, do you know how bad a kid could be traumatized? Well, and then I'm going to receive about 20 texts in the process of yes, this. And I've exactly. got to respond to all of those. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because you would never not check your phone if you get the beep sound. Hey, well, let's and, be real. And, what matters most? See, in my children, house. Children, papers. Well, there. In my house, though, you know, all the all the children are asking me if they can go play with friends or if they can do this or they can do that. Can I have can I have a cheese stick, Dad? Because of course, Mom's working. Yeah, bring me one. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, if I don't have that energy, that job's not getting yeah. done. I'm losing my energy with this Lego build. <laughs> but then I'm on the, you know, if, if I'm on the computer, I got to check the sports <laughs> scores for that day. Oh yeah. Because I got to know what my team is doing. That's why I like. So I can communicate with my friends about the sports. I like them to just come right to me. I don't even check mine. They just ping me. I like to be pinged. Mm -hmm. So so then I always know. Yeah. Then you don't got to waste any time going to find So every ping you got to go check as well. There you go. Yeah. Keep it on you. Mm -hmm. Then uh, at that time you you probably realize that you don't have everything you need to get that task done. Good point. Maybe you 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 need ink for the printer. Well, have you ever noticed you're just tired by that time? No, not yet. I mean, sometimes I'm, I just, I'm ready to lay down and take a but nap. But you have I'm to like, go to the store. Because I, once I take a nap, I always feel really good after. So then I, uh, I'm going to take a nap, and then I'm just going to pound it out after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, go, you go get the stuff, yeah. come back, and then you realize that you, you got to do this tomorrow because you don't have enough time to get it done. Well, it's now it's mm-hmm. 6 o'clock. Exactly. And we're, we're going out to dinner at 8. Uh, right, right, right. you got to take a shower. Well, yeah. Get yourself ready. That could take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, somebody's got to feed the kids. Especially if it's a fo- – yeah, because you're not feeding them. No, so you got to go talk to your wife and ask her when what she's going to feed What are we doing for dinner? <laughs> what is she doing for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> oh, All that stuff. That's how you procrastinate. Oh, that's just sad. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. That's a waste of time. <laughs> I do. I like to shoot straight <laughs> to it and just bust it out. Right. That's why you still have a book to write. I have four books to write. <laughs> See, my problem is I keep creating ideas of books. Like, that would be a great book to write. Then, then you get I, you get halfway through it, and then you go to a new I'll book. I'll actually even write a, I write a white paper on it. So I have all these white papers written, uh-huh. but I don't have a book. And then someone said, why don't you just put all those white papers together, and you got a book? See, this is, I would do this in college. I've, I've, this, I've, is, this, no. is a, this is a very learned this very cost, learned. This cost behavior. me a lot of money. Because <laughs> it took doctorate. six, seven years for yeah. the doctorate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could have gone a lot faster, mm-hmm. 
But I wouldn't have learned as much. But you were checking your pings along the way. My party? Your pings. (laughs) Your sports. Okay. Pings. That's right. That too. It's so true. It took seven years because you had a lot of pings to check along the way. Oh, you have no idea. And um, I'm a pingaholic. Um, Any pongs in there too? Nope. Pongless. (laughs) I'm pongless, but I'm a pingaholic. And uh, I am a procrastinator, but I've decided today I'm not going to do it. In fact, I've decided today, as of as of tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I'm no longer procrastinating. No, wrong. You can't start tomorrow. <laughs> Our former guests talked about today, now, and be specific, Matt. That's that was great. That's great advice. So, yeah. you take that. <laughs> tomorrow, I'm starting. And you'll start on your diet tomorrow. Yeah. Here's okay. a quote for you as we're on our way out. Life is like a taxi. The meter just keeps a ticking, whether you're getting somewhere or just standing still. Lou Erickson. Hey, tomorrow on the show, Miss Utah is going to be here. Actually, Miss Utah from a few years ago. Jill Shepard, by the way, military. She's probably the first Miss America that served in combat. Boom. She's the real deal. Jill Shepard will be joining us. She's going to help us to be more positive. Julie, thanks. Thank you. Tons of learning, tons of good, tons of good stuff. And thank you, Ninja Sean, for that long, protracted verse on procrastination. We're out of here, kids. We'll be here tomorrow. Again, more fun, more ideas right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Talk to you tomorrow.